We will jump into the last short segment of caroling again. Dear Jesus, we love you. Thank you for our children. God, I pray each and every one of them grows up to love you and that in 30 years they each have kids that they're bringing uh, to a Christmas service just like this and that they raise their children up uh, as they are raised up in the faith as well, God. I pray uh, as we open your word that you be pleased and honored. Thank you for this time to be able to pause in the middle of our Christmas festivities and uh, give you some time. In your name we pray. Amen. How many of your favorite Christmas movie is Elf? Okay. How many of your favorite Christmas movie is It's a Wonderful Life? I think that's mine. How many, how many is your favorite Christmas movie is The Grinch? All right. Okay. I see a couple of you Grinches out there. Uh, it's Connie. I see you. <laughs> you can't accuse her of that. She's got the lights on and everything. What about uh, Charlie Brown Christmas? How many of you like that? That's one of my favorites. Uh, we watched it yesterday. And uh, there's something so sweet and simple about Charlie Brown finding the Christmas spirit again. He's fed up with all the materialism and commercialism that's surrounding the Christmas holiday. Lucy wants real estate for Christmas, right? <laughs> Noah was upset this morning. He didn't get any real estate. Uh, Sally, she wants cash. She said, don't worry about it. Just give me cold hard cash. Tens and twenties will work great. But no one's taking the Christmas play seriously. Every time they try and start the practice, they all end up dancing the most weirdest dances in the world, right? And the movie crescendos with the redemption of a poor, mangled sapling of a tree that nobody wanted. And then the children break into song. Here's just a little taste. sing of a, a rich tradition that's theological. And Hark the Herald Angels Sing is no exception. It was written by Charles Wesley, who was uh, one of the English Methodist leaders and hymn writer. He wrote over 6,000 hymns, second only to Fanny Crosby. And she wrote 8,000. His goal in writing hymn was to teach the poor, those that couldn't read the gospel. And if they could sing and memorize these songs, they could learn about God. His brother, John Wesley, was that famous theologian and founder of Methodism. And he said that Charles's hymnal was the best theological book in existence. Wesley, inspired by the sounds of the London church bells while walking to church on Christmas Day, wrote the Hark poem about a year after his conversion, to be read on Christmas Day. 
Hark, the herald angels sing. Glory to the newborn king. Peace on earth and mercy mild. God and sinners reconciled. Joyful all ye nations rise. Join the triumph of the skies. With angelic hosts proclaim. Christ is born in Bethlehem. Hark, the herald angels sing. Glory to the newborn king. Hark is not a word that we often use anymore. Uh, if you really want to sound dramatic, you can use it though, right? Hark, there's a Walmart over in the distance. But the word really just means listen and pay attention. And this song's written again from the perspective of the shepherds, retelling what the angels had told them. And the shepherds were not your typical messenger. They weren't well-respected. No one was really looking for their political uh, ideas or their opinions about politics and cultures. But God chooses simple things to show off how powerful he is. This wasn't supposed to be the way that the Messiah came into Jerusalem. He was supposed to come in with big muscles and riding a white horse and ready to take Caesar down like Rambo. But God's ways are not our ways. And Jesus wasn't meant to be a Joan of Arc or a William Wallace. It wasn't his charisma or machismo that would change the world. But his slow, humble, deliberate, 33-year walk towards the cross. To hang love up on display for all the world to see. Only God could take a life of peace and mercy and love and forgiveness to cause a revolution that would split time in half and echo throughout eternity. We would look at the life of Jesus today and say, none of that would work. Loving my enemies, that's not going to change the world. Helping the poor, telling others to be kind and to love one another and to follow God with their life, none of that would work. But this here, we're still talking about God in the flesh. 2,000 years later. Now one day he will crack open the skies and trumpets of thunder will announce his second advent. But this day was a humble and lowly coming. The news was not delivered by fireworks or written in the sky, but by a band of shepherds who were shocked and scared. It was likely these sheep, these uh, sheep, that's right, right? These sheep that these shepherds were taking care of were destined to be sacrificed in the temple because they were so close to Jerusalem. Flocks were supposed to be out in the wilderness unless they were for sacrifice. Why? Because sheep are messy and stinky. And the Lamb of God was about to get messy and stinky with us. He was destined to be a sacrifice for the sins of the whole world. The message was that things would never be the same again. Hark! Listen! Luke 2, we started last night. We'll read some more, in, uh, starting in verse 11. For unto you is born this day in the city of David, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was an angel multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those whom he is pleased. And when the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and they found Mary and Joseph and baby lying in a manger. 
And when they saw it, they made known the sayings that had been told to them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherd told them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told to them. It would have been easy for the shepherds to identify the baby Jesus, right? Because surely he would be the only baby in a feeding trough in all of Bethlehem. God uses simple things. And that small little baby that was in a manger would turn the known world upside down. Mary and Joseph were in Bethlehem because the government had told them to go there to be taxed. But in 33 years, that Roman government would put that baby to death because he was upsetting the empire. Because this baby was not just another baby. This was the Christ. This was the anointed one. This news was good news that would bring joy to all people. And the angel was not just proclaiming a birth announcement. It was giving a message to the shepherds that things would never again be the same. Hark! Listen. Suddenly there isn't just one angel, but the sky is filled with angels. The most amazing sight to behold was given to these simple shepherds. God didn't have to do that. He didn't have to fill the sky with angels, but God let them see a glimpse of how important this was. Hail the heaven-born prince of peace. Hail the son of righteousness. Light and life to all he brings. Risen with healing in his wings. Mild he lays his glory by. Born that men no more may die. Born to raise the sons of earth. Born to give them second birth. Hark the herald angels sing. Glory to the newborn king. See, first the angels came glorifying and praising God. And then the shepherds ended up leaving, glorifying and praising God. And you are meant to glorify and praise God with your life too. You will never feel more like you're fulfilling your purpose in life than when you are lifting up the name of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. The noblest use of your tongue is to give praise to God. There's no better way to use it. And if you're a follower of Jesus and you've accepted him as your savior, then not only were you made to glorify God, but you have a reason to sing glory to the newborn king. 2 Corinthians 4.13 tells us a little bit why. It says, knowing that he who raised the Lord Jesus will raise us also with Jesus and bring with you into his presence. For it is all for your sake. That as grace ascends to more and more people, it may increase thanksgiving to the glory of God. So as more and more people come to know their, uh, Jesus as their Savior, there is more glory to be given to God. So we do not lose heart. And though our outer self is wasting away, amen, our inner self is being renewed day by day. And this light Momentary affliction is preparing us for the eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. And as we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient. They are passing, they are changing. But the things that are unseen are eternal. You have a reason to glorify God this morning because that same power that rose Jesus from the grave will also raise us and bring us into God's presence. Not just to resurrect to a life like this, but to eternal life with him. 
The apostles thought that Jesus could come back at any moment for that second time. And we should be ready too. But the reason that God is waiting and delaying the return of Christ is for the sake of each soul that he has created and that he loves. And it's also to bring more glory to himself because he deserves it. And one day, just like those angels filled the sky, one day the voice of every believer will fill a new heaven and a new earth singing glory to the king. And this is why. No matter what we're going through this Christmas, the loss of loved ones, the loss of health, the loss of financial stability, no matter what, we do not lose heart. Hark. Listen. In a couple days, I turned 38. <gasps> I'm sure you're all shocked, but you look so young. I'm feeling it too. My back is not what it used to be. I get hurt from sleeping wrong. Can't eat what I used to eat. Cookies murder my stomach. But though my outer self is wasting away, if we su surrender to God, he will change us to be more like him day by day. Even though we are getting older on the outside, we can become newer and newer on the inside with the Holy Spirit shaping us into his image. The world around us is changing and fickle, but this isn't our home. Don't get comfortable. God is preparing us for the weight of glory that we will behold when we see him. And we endure and hold fast in the now, knowing that he walks beside us. But we also have a hope for the next life that we see now only dimly, but then we will see him face to face. We now see a fallen world, but soon we will bask in his glory. And until then, our hearts should go on singing glory to the king. And as our life brings glory to the highest, we should be people of peace and goodwill towards men so that when people leave our presence and we show them what it looks like to be a, purpose, a person fulfilling our purpose and giving praise to God that he is owed, that hopefully like the shepherds left the angels, people would leave our presence also giving praise and glory to God. First, the shepherds listened, and then they joined in, and then they went telling others of this message. And that is our command today, to hark, to listen, to join in this song, and hopefully people will leave our presence glorifying God, singing glory to the newborn king. Because they were made for it, you were made for it, and he deserves that glory. Hark, the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn king. Dear Heavenly Father, God, I pray this morning, this Christmas morning, that you would help us to be peace, uh, people of peace and goodwill to men. God, help us to spread this song that has reverberated throughout creation. God, help people to leave our presence today, not thinking about how good we are or how uh, you know, much credit someone else deserves, but instead glorifying God in the highest. God, we love you. And as we sing this morning, I pray that we lift up our heads 
and we lift up our voices and we join in the song of creation. We join in the songs of the angels and that you would be pleased with the glory that you deserve. In your name we pray, amen.